Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stocks are slipping after the S&P 500's biggest one-day gain in two months. As sentiment continues to waver amid corporate results and fluctuations in oil prices. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 down three-tenths percent or six points to 2077. Dow Jones Industrial Average down four-tenths percent or 78 points to 17,849. NASDAQ's down three-tenths percent or 13 points to 4796. Ten-year Treasury up 130 second. The yield 1.75%. Yield on the two-year, 0.73%. NYMEX crude oil down 4 tenths percent or 19 cents to 44.47 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 1.2% or $14.70 at 12.79.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1420. The yen, 108.55. Macy's, the largest U.S. department store company, cutting its profit forecast for the year and posting a first quarter revenue that missed analyst estimates as slow mall traffic hurt sales. Its shares are down more than 10% this morning. Staples is down 18.5%, and Office Depot is dropping 37% after a federal judge blocked the combination of the two largest office suppliers, saying it would create an unrivaled giant. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. I had a couple of notes yesterday, late afternoon, after a big gain in the stock market, wondering how come stocks are going up even though bond yields yeah are not moving. Mitzlaf Mateka is an equity strategist at uh, J.P. Morgan Casanova, and he says uh, maybe that it's uh, because yields are staying low, not despite yields. Mitzlaf? Hi, hi. Hello there. <laughs> so um, I think this is an um, important uh, distinction over here. Um, as many have been saying for a while, look, um, equities are the only story in town. Where else are you going to be? Nothing else is giving you any uh, return. Uh, my point over here, though, is that this has been the story, and the dividend, so to speak, from low bond yields has been uh, already absorbed. Uh, now we are coming to the realization that uh, the business cycle might be rolling over, and you're starting potentially the next slowdown with multiples which are very high. We are on 17, 18, 19 times S&P 500, on, depending on which earnings you look at. And um, at a point where the monetary policy war chest, so to speak, is a little bit exhausted. And that's why, to me, the risk-reward overall is not that good. So uh, if, if yields uh, stay low, will stocks pull them higher? I think that um, yields at the end of the day will will be determined by uh, by, by the growth outlook. And uh, if you look at uh, within the equity market, we already had the significant re-rating of the yield plays. This is what we are still advocating. My top picks uh, for global and U.S. portfolio this year has been utilities, real estate, and telecoms. I still think you just have to stay uh, with yield, uh, there is no point to play operating leverage. There is no point to play right. the cycle. I mean, yes, uh, if you do get this uh, rebound in the U.S. growth into the second half and some higher inflation, then, yes, bond yields could go up. But I would just say that this is a consensus view on the street. Everybody is projecting second-half GDP numbers to be much better than first half. And let's see. 
Yeah, Miss Love, I gave a careful read to your note, and there's one word missing throughout the entire note. Within the, the value groups you look at, retail is invisible. I, I find that interesting. Distill for us the retail angst in Europe, which you can compare with your U.S. team as they struggle with the shock of Macy's this morning. So when we when we look at um, value and, and growth styles, um, a lot of people are you know pushing a value style uh, this year. Uh, my view is a, a little bit different uh, here. I think you, you you want to be in free cash flow buyback, slow beta defensive. Now, what is value? Um, value the way I think about it falls into kind of free. Uh, buckets. One is the financials, um, the other one is the um, commodities, and then the third one um, is, is very eclectic. It's a lot of these kind of sectors, um, let's say in Europe, um, utilities, telecoms, sectors which have been structurally challenged and impaired for a while, potentially retail because of the change in business models comes in there. So so I, I, I'm broadly neutral between value and growth. I think if the dollar continues to go down, then, of course, commodities um, um, have, um, um, you know, are looking more interesting. Uh, bond yield staying low is not good for financials. And then, you know, do you play retail? Do you play others? My biggest problem with playing retail is um, my leading indicator of everything is Profits and profits drive the labor market and capital spending. If profits in the economy are slowing down, and they have been in the last six to 12 months across the board, uh, macro will be weaker, and you don't want to play consumer cyclicality then. If uh, if macro is weaker, then who else besides the consumer cyclicals gets hurt? Uh, I mean, is this is this a time when you want to look at uh, defensive across the board? Uh, you know, go to utilities again. Definitely. I mean, we have double upgraded utilities at the start of the year from underweight to overweight. We have been underweight utilities for quite a while before that. Um, uh, but to me, um, you know, people have been uh, last year actively shorting utilities because the view was uh, Fed is going to be hiking once a quarter and now we are having escape velocity. Uh, to me, I don't know if you go across the board into defenses because some of the defenses, as you said before, are Pricey. We already had a huge re-rating of growth and quality, uh, but where I think definitely you should not be is in the uh, operating leverage and the activity mm-hmm. uh, sensitive areas, tech, consumer, mm-hmm. etc. Before we let you go, you have a beautiful segment on something we've talked a lot about, folks. William Priest has been our key guest on this. Free cash flow yield. What is free cash flow yield and why is it winning now? So to me, um, in, in, in the world of, of basically uh, no growth and in the world where central banks are going to be more and more aggressive, and you see what's happening with ECB in Europe and, and in Bank of Japan, Bank of Japan going to negative rates, ECB now buying outright corporate debt, um, uh, you are going to have even more push into the search for yield and the stocks which 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 can generate um, uh, cash flow 
uh, beyond um, you know having to pay all of that uh, for the uh, for the capex, so which are generating a free cash flow, um, are going to be looking more and more interesting because uh, they are going to be able to leverage up their balance sheets further, and um, um, and, and, and their spreads will be actually keep coming mm-hmm. down even though they are leveraging up. So to me, free cash flow as an investment style, it, it has been working for a while, but but this year it is it is especially working. Uh, uh, in the U.S. and in Europe, I think that yeah. buybacks and um, REITs, real estate, those have to be the key cornerstones of your portfolio. Mislav, thank you so much. Mislav Macheka with J.P. Morgan Kazanov uh, in uh, London. Mike, I, you know, it's been three great days of just thinking, trying to get away from the hysteria of what I saw over the weekend and in the last week on uh the equity markets. I don't mean that in a negative way, right or wrong. I don't have an opinion. Seth Masters today I thought was just brilliant on the idea that there's so much gloom out there, at least short term, you you wonder about buying optimism in winter. I mean the idea you know, we're off a hundred right now after a big day yesterday. It's just it's fascinating. All time, of it because time, it, well, it's May, you know. Time to it's May, but also it's the Fed. I mean, we got to get to June fifteenth. What matters to the Fed for June fifteenth? Uh, they're going to look at uh, the unemployment rate. They're going to look at uh, at growth, and and they're going to look at uh, inflation. Um, they're probably not going to look as much at the stock market. Interesting piece out by a Dallas Fed researcher yesterday saying the uh, the S&P 500 is an extremely poor predictor of macroeconomic performance yes. because it no longer reflects the U.S. economy. More than half of the stocks in the S&P 500 are manufacturing, and the economy is two-thirds services these days. I'll go with that, and also the idea of the percentage of S&P that's multinational. I mean, yeah. completely removed from any service sector structure. So back to that <clears> old <throat> thing about the stock market predicting, you know, nine of the last two recessions. Yeah, chart of the day, 3M, with again, with Seth Masters. Um, you know, they had a malaise there of 10 years, and then it has been a moonshot uh, within this bull market. Minnesota mining, and I would point out, I believe I can get this up. Talk about use of cash. Five-year net growth, 14.5% per year in dividend growth. That's amazing, 14.5% per year. We thank all of our guests, uh, particularly Senator Hagel of Nebraska, uh, for uh, his efforts. He's working with Pete Peterson on fiscal, a linkage of fiscal policy to our national security. We thank Senator Hagel uh, uh, particularly uh, for his appearance uh, today. As I said, negative 100 of the Dow. S&P down eight points. 2076. The VIX, remarkable to be down 100, and the VIX 13.85. You'd think it would be higher, but it has been a good ride for equities. Michael McKeon, Tom King, tomorrow we will continue the discussion on economics, finance, investment, and international relations. It's Bloomberg Surveillance.